0: Welcome into the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'm Dave Gasper. With me, as always, is Matthew DeWoskin. The Milwaukee Brewers have made it to the National League Championship Series where they will face off against the Los Angeles Dodgers for the National League pennant and the right to go to the World Series. And with such a big series coming up starting tomorrow, we brought in Dodgers Way expert Jacob Rudner. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the show, Matthew Welcome back once again. Yep.
1: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you having me. David, uh, I, I don't know about you, but my celebration is still going on. In fact...
0: <laughs> oh! Ah. You got the Miller Light there?
1: <laughs> uh, not tonight, no.
0: Oh, no. Well, I mean, Miller did defeat Coors in the Sud Series, in, in the National League Division Series, as the Brewers defeated the Rockies in three games, which is why we're all here now. As they've moved on, and apparently Matt's not a big Miller Lite guy. I'm a big Miller Lite guy, but yeah. Jake, Jacob, what about you? Are you, are you a big Miller Lite guy, or are you, or do you prefer Bud or or Coors, or or what do you like? Cheer,
1: cheer oh, uh, it,
2: it's funny because I am not legally able to drink, so I oh. can't answer that question. But yeah, you okay. know, no, no comment. Okay, okay, okay. all right. In that
1: case, Jacob, well, uh, hypothetically, if you yeah. were Legally allowed to drink. What what would your what would your weapon of choice be? If hypothetically, purely for for the sake of the fan base here, I'm gonna go with Miller.
0: All right, because, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah.
1: Good man, endearing himself okay. to oh. the
0: to the fans of the podcast.
1: You, you've already done better than the than the rocks pile guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm already a favorite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, while we got you here, is let's actually talk some some baseball and t- and talk about the Dodgers and the Brewers facing off. So. The Brewers kind of came into the season with raised expectations, obviously, after getting Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, and just missing a playoff spot last year. But we didn't really define what those expectations were. Last year, the Dodgers went to the World Series, took it to seven games, ended up losing to the Astros. I, I hate to rip open wounds there and pour salt on yeah. them, but, but I mean, for the Dodgers, it fe- just... Just from my perspective, it feels like it's kind of a World Series or bust type thing for the Dodgers. Like, if they don't make the World Series or win the World Series, that the season is kind of a failure. That That's what I think. Is that kind of the feeling out, out there in, in the Dodger fan base?
2: Well, look, you know, you, you look at the Dodgers in every single season. It's one of those feelings where it, it's always World Series or bust just because of, well, first of all, the drought. And that, that hurts. Since nineteen eighty-eight, we, we haven't won anything. And it's one of those things where you want them to get back to that spot and finally win something, but just the the sheer closeness, the, the proximity between where the Dodgers have gotten into the World Series and to never finally come through, that has hurt. So I would answer the answer to that question is absolutely from from the inside looking in, the Dodgers and the Dodgers fan base and as a writer, we all want a World Series just as bad as it looks like for, for you guys and looking at our perspective.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it really is – I mean, obviously both both sides are, are going to want it and will be disappointed if they don't get it. But for Brewers fans, I feel like even even if on the off chance that they lose this series and big, – big, big if. Yeah, big, big if, if, if. Yeah, big if. <laughs> off chance. I'm trying – yeah, clarifying here. But even if yeah. the Brewers lose this series and their postseason comes to an end – Um, in the NLCS I think Brewers fans would still look on 2018 as a successful year whereas if the Dodgers didn't even make it to the World Series and lost in the NLCS it would be a a failure completely because they didn't even get back to where they were last year
2: right and and that was the point I was just going to make you know if we didn't make the World Series last year and especially if we didn't lose in one last year I don't think that there would be the sense of urgency to get back in this season, but the fact that we, we were there and then lost that, that needs this season, especially because, and you know, most people don't look at this series, like it's going to be tough. And I think that's a huge mistake. The Dodgers are going up against arguably, if, if not the hottest team in baseball right now, you guys are on an absolute tear in terms of win streak. Yeah. Statistically speaking, you guys are unstoppable. And so Dodger fans are underestimating this series. So, I mean, you look at this statistically and, there is an argument to be made that that not winning this series is not a pure disappointment as long as it's competitive. I mean, if we if we get swept out, obviously, yeah, then it's not exactly, exactly. The same. look. Exactly. But but I mean, for me, it, it's one of those looks like. Do we want to get back? Yes, absolutely. Do we need to win a World Series? Absolutely. And is it going to be a horrible time to lose a World Series with Clayton Kershaw on the line here this offseason?
1: season? Yeah. yeah actually. Okay. I was just just going to ask about that does uh does Clayton Kershaw's contract status is that is that causing any additional anxiety among the Dodgers fan base or among the Dodgers you know you know team
2: uh I think it is I mean I I don't see how it couldn't because you're looking at the potential of losing a generational talent and the Dodgers have nobody in their system at the moment I think Walker Buehler has the potential to get to a point similar to Kershaw but I think that there's a sense of urgency to win while, while Kershaw's under contract and even if Kershaw stays under contract we want to win while he's still young, because he's not getting any younger. I mean, he's already 30 years old, and I'm not saying that that's old. But the the big issue here is the Dodgers want to win now while they still have this young core, while Kershaw is young, and most importantly, while he's still in under contract.
0: Yeah, and I think that that might be a little bit of a difference between between the Dodgers and the Brewers. And I was writing about like earlier in the week how these two teams are basically complete polar opposites. And for the Dodgers, it's a lot of win now, but for the Brewers, it's it's building that that kind of long window. The Brewers are just entering their window for, for yeah. success for a possible championship. This is like their first year of it, and they still got another couple years to go. So there's not really that much pressure on it. But especially being a small market team with not as many resources as right. a team like the Dodgers, these these opportunities can be few and far between. And I mean the Dodgers. I mean, what's what's their payroll this year? Around like two hundred million, around. Yeah. Yeah, and the Brewers are at like a hundred million. Like they their payroll is half of what the Dodgers have. Right. And the Dodgers could could go even higher next year and going forward. So that's kind of where the, the I think a lot of the big differences comes in between these two teams. Brewers got that small market, low payroll, but they've got kind of that longer window to try to succeed with their current group of players. Meanwhile the Dodgers are kind of towards the end of their windows, they're what, their fourth? lcs in the past like six years and they got some of their guys like clayton kershaw potentially entering free agency
2: right and and if i could throw a question back in in your guys direction it would be what's what's the outlook if you guys don't win this series this season was still a huge success i feel like anything after even the divisional round is just icing on the cake and obviously they're the hottest team in baseball but i can't i i can't see anything happening from here on out as a failure you know what i mean so, mm-hmm. yeah, going into next year, what is the hope for you guys should the Brewers lose this series? what do you, what's the next piece to get above the, the hump?
1: Well, I, honestly, you know for me, um they've they've really got to add you know a legitimate ace for them to for for, for them to be perennial a, a, the perennial winner we think they can be
2: right.
1: Um, so it's it's really tracking down that player. and when they add that player, that's when I'll feel. You know, like okay, now is our time—not just to, to win a division or win a series, but now is when we can contend for a World Series. Right. So, and, and honestly, moving forward, I, I need to see them add that player before I can really see them, you know, you know, reaching that 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 upper that that you know that level of the you know the perennial contender that they want to
0: be. Yeah, And, right? and we thought we had that with with Jimmy Nelson. He was becoming that ace type player, that homegrown ace, and mm-hmm. still love Jimmy Nelson, but. I mean, he missed this entire season with the shoulder injury. He's coming back next year, but we don't really know what he's going to end up being. So I, I think that's where you, you still kind of need that ace. And if Jimmy gets back to his ace level status, then, then you got two aces. And it's just even, even better from there. Plus, you got Corbin Burns, who has been lights out this year out of the bullpen. And he's going to be right. in the rotation next year. So Burns is definitely one you got to watch out for. Yeah, Freddie Peralta that will be in the rotation next year. Um, Chassine has pitched really well. So it's a lot to like going forward, especially if they add someone else like potentially like a Patrick Corbin or a Dallas Keuchel uh, in free agency. And we'll obviously, obviously talk about more of these guys on, on the podcast when we get to the actual offseason. But while we're still in the postseason, we're going to focus on, on that. But, yeah, for, for next year to really kind of take that next step, I think they got to improve that rotation because the lineup is there, it has the depth. The bullpen has the lights out pitchers that are under control. So it's just a matter of getting that starting rotation where it needs to be. Awesome. All right, so okay. you, you had an article uh the other day talking yeah. about how the Dodgers wow. Dodgers had the easiest path to the World Series and after after we re- retweeted that, uh, some Brewers fans were understandably upset. Just just kind of reading the headline, saying, "Oh, these Brewers are not going to be easy to just defeat and move on." So we want to give you a chance here to maybe explain explain your reasoning and your thought process behind that article.
2: Yeah. So, well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity, and also thank you to the Brewers fans who actually read that article and got mad about it <laughs> because like, of that. Don't read and then get mad. You've, you've um, been, even an angry reaction is better than no reaction, eh? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's true. Um so so really for, for me, what that article was about was when I when I say the words easiest path to the World Series, I mean that this is the easiest path the Dodgers have had. The Dodgers have the statistics, the Dodgers have the lineup, the roster, the rotation to make an impact on a season unlike they've ever had before. They've gotten hot at the right time. And if, and if you look at the article, the article was heavily based on statistics from the past 28 days. We, we looked at the past month and then applied that to what could happen moving forward. So part of that was the Dodgers are hot and the Dodgers are going potentially to stay hot. And that gives them a massive leg up on a team that quite frankly and I'm sure we can agree here, doesn't have major experience this deep into the postseason. You guys only have a couple guys on this roster who have really seen a run like this or who have really this type of experience, whereas the Dodgers guys, they've been here. They've done this. So you combine the the experience and you combine the heat that they're bringing right now statistically, and this Dodger team is ready to make an impact. Now, to clarify, the Brewers are the hottest team in baseball. I wanna yep. make that clear to your readers, and quite frankly, I want to make that clear to my readers. The, the, the Dodgers are facing a team right now that I don't think they've ever seen before. Last year they faced the Cubs who got cold at the right time, which threw us into the into the World Series. And this year we're facing a team that has gotten hot at the right time, and it's gonna make it incredibly difficult for us to get there. So I think that part of the part of the big problem here that Dodger fans are not recognizing is that this Brewers team is a lot better than, than they've been giving them credit for. So I think that there is a heat factor for the Dodgers, which is what could make this the easiest possible path to the World Series. But at the same time, there's a lot to be cautious about.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when both teams are hot, I mean, it's it's an immovable object against an unstoppable force or, or whatever. Like it's, it's two really hot teams playing together, and, and when it comes to that, I mean, it's 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 not going to be a sweep. I don't think it's going to be a five game series either. I think this will go no. six or seven. Uh, it'll it'll come back to Milwaukee to end it, um, which I'm especially hoping for because I have tickets to games six and seven. So I'm
2: hoping for for you. I, I'd want to be there too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm hoping it's it's a win so I can go home happy afterwards. But right. anyways, yeah. I mean that that's just kind of natural. But but yeah, and I think comparatively speaking. You could call it kind of the easier path because the Red Sox and the Astros have to beat up on each other, and both of them won a hundred plus games this season. And exactly. that's it's gonna be it's extremely difficult to come out of the American League this year. I mean, the American League was so stacked at the top. You compare anything to to coming out of there, it's the easier path. And yeah, I mean, you might even be able to argue that that the Brewers also have an easier path because the Dodgers have. Mostly underperformed this year, considering their talent level and, and what they have, and how many wins they got. They've underperformed slightly, and and I think you might agree on that, just with their with their regular season record. But so they, that's
2: actually that's something I want to talk about because the the Dodgers have actually um, they've overperformed what their record has shown. And now, for I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but I, I'll explain it quickly for those of you listening, and for you guys just in case. But uh, Pythagorean wins and losses is yeah. a record created based off of runs scored versus runs allowed. And then they plug that into a into an into a equation and out comes a record. And it is essentially – the easy way to explain it is it's the tough luck record. <laughs> it's a good call. The, yeah. The Dodgers this year – and this is what was interesting for me when I, when I found this out. The Dodgers this year scored 102 wins in the Pythagorean wins and losses s- statistics. That's equal to what they had last year, which was considered a historically phenomenal season by every baseball fan alike, because last year they looked amazing and on, on their real record, it showed it this year. They didn't have that same record, but the Pythagorean wins and losses has them at one Oh two and at one or two wins. Now you go and look at the brewers and the brewers, they actually scored less on the Pythagorean wins and losses statistic than they did in the regular season. So, there's, there's something to look at there, obviously. And then the other thing that I, going back to talking about my article, my article doesn't consider the baseball factor of baseball. My, my article solely considers what you can look up, the numbers. Sure and some, something that is very necessary to talk about is that that is not the whole conversation. There is something to, to be said for being hot. There is something to be said for having home field advantage, for having the fans on your side for the majority of the games of the series. That's a huge part, and you can't quantify it. So- my article and my statement just now about Pythagorean wins and losses, that doesn't factor in fan base. That doesn't factor in home field advantage, all that kind of stuff. So traveling. There's no statistic for traveling. So so there's that too. And that is what's gonna make this series so interesting because these are two good teams and they're good for different reasons. And that and then you factor in the baseball part, and this is gonna be a real this is gonna be a battle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking that they that they were underperforming simply because of what they were expected to to really do over the season like they're expected to you know win 100 games and win the division handily and it ended up right. coming down to a, a 163 and how many games did they win in the regular season 91 92
2: Correct 91
0: Yeah so they were they're were kind of down a bit a bit shorter than you know what most people probably had like 98 99 uh, 100 wins but Absolutely. but still but still I mean now the regular season doesn't matter anymore it's just these two teams in a best of seven series, both are hot. They're they're coming off really strong series uh, in the NLDS, and uh, the Dodgers dispatched dispatched the Braves in four games, and the Brewers d- got rid of the Rockies in three. So right. it's been it's been a couple days now for both of these teams. The Brewers were done on Sunday, and the Dodgers were done on Monday, I believe. So. It's been a couple days for both these teams. Everyone's going to have fully rested bullpens, fully rested starting rotations, and we just found out about the pitching matchups from the Brewers earlier today. So it's going to be Gio Gonzalez in game one for the Brewers against Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. Um, Now, I know Clayton Kershaw, you you just hear that name and you just immediately become afraid for your own hitters uh, if you're a Brewers (laughs) fan, but... Yeah, I mean, how it has how Clayton Kershaw looked to you this season, and in his in his last start against the against the Braves?
2: So, this has been a different beast of a Kershaw this year. We've seen a different side to a pitcher that, in the past, has gone out there and everybody goes, "This game's over before it's even started." This guy's the winner. This year, we there's been a mystery. You know, he he went out there and there was no. You didn't know which Kershaw you were going to get. There was obviously the dominant eight innings Kershaw that we saw in the NLDS against the Braves, but mm. there's also been the Kershaw where in his last regular season start, it was five innings
0: and five earned runs. So, I like I like that Kershaw. <laughs> I'd like to I, I'm see him. Sure
2: you guys do like that. That, <laughs> that is the Kershaw you guys want to see. And and in your favor, and um, there's no reason to sugarcoat these kinds of numbers here. Over Kershaw's last 28 days, that's been five starts for him in 30 innings. Kershaw has a 4.20 ERA and a 1.333 WHIP. It's not impressive. Mm. His most recent starts. Obviously, the playoffs have been a different story. It's only been one start, but that's it. We saw a good Kershaw, the Kershaw that doesn't get made fun of for his playoff appearances, showed up last week. Um, but this this is going to be a, an interesting game, and you want my prediction for it? I'll make amends with my my new Brewers fans here. Uh, I
1: give the game one to Brewers.
0: Oh, wow. wow. And a Kershaw start. Uh, go uh, Jacob, ahead, Matthew. L- let
1: me ask, uh, l- Jacob, l- let me ask you this. Um, are, are, the, are the Dodgers, are, are, they, are they counting on th- three starts out of Clayton Kershaw in a seven-game series? No,
2: I don't think they are. Dave Roberts is really? very clear that they don't want to pitch him on short rest under any circumstance. Does that mean that's going to happen? Definitely not. Did, did Kershaw was Kershaw supposed to pitch two years ago in the division series against the Nationals? No. Did he? Yeah. So what Dave Roberts says versus what Dave Roberts does is is two different things. But Kershaw is not expected at the moment to appear three times. Yeah, I think I think, so you,
0: I think it's Rich Hill that's going in game four, from correct. what I saw. Yeah. Huh.
1: Yeah. So so I so I guess it'd be game one and game five and that's and that's all going to see a Clayton Kershaw. Interesting.
0: All right. Be,
2: but then again, you get to a game seven and game seven, all logic goes out the window for both sides, and, of course, and yeah. we'll see whoever we see. But yes, uh, at the at the moment, I would expect two starts out of Kershaw. If he gets to game seven, I would expect Kershaw game one, five, and a relief appearance in seven.
0: Kind of kind of do the Madison Bumgarner thing from a couple years ago. Just just come in, throw like four innings out of the bullpen shut everything yeah. down, or hopefully not, um, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the Brewers, they got Gio Gonzalez going game one, Wade Miley going game two, and Yolis Chassin is going game three in Los Angeles. And I kind of want to talk about the, the first two starters for the Brewers here a little bit. And I, I had some on this earlier on Twitter, but the Brewers are going with their two left-handed starting pitchers for games one and two. And yeah. for the Dodgers lineup, they, they kind of have a couple of platoon spots. and for against lefties, that that's where you're going to play Chris Taylor, Matt Kemp um, and David, David Fries. Freeze. Oh yeah. I just I don't like David Freeze. I never have. I never will. After yeah. 2011, I just I hate him so much and his Oddly face.
2: Funny enough, the acquire.
0: Yeah. Oh, you hate you hate David Freeze too. We
2: all hate David. David Freeze is the, is the playoff killer of of teams. So yes, David Freeze did it to the Dodgers, but we can't hate him now. So David Freeze is our is our guy. He's going to do it to to somebody. Now he's going to... It's your turn. Now we're going to do it from Dodgers perspective.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. But at least, I mean, you didn't like David Freeze before either. I mean, no one really likes David Freeze.
2: Well, we like David Freeze now, but before we... Before, two weeks ago, we didn't like David Freeze. Oh, yeah. We did
1: it.
0: <laughs> yeah, classic. I mean... Classic. Yeah, classic just... Oh, now he's, now he's wearing the uniform, but... I mean, honestly, if he was doing the same thing for the Brewers, they might... Brewers fans might forgive him, too, but... Yeah, now it's just it's 2011 all over again. It's like, oh, we're facing David Freeze and the NLCS. Oh, great, you know. But but yes, yeah. but but it's gonna be Freeze and Kemp and, and Chris Taylor uh, in the lineup against lefties, whereas against righties, that's where you have Yasiel Puig, Jack Peterson, Max Muncie. Those are kind of the more threatening hitters in, in on that Dodgers team, as opposed right. to your your Taylor or your Kemp. And I think that's why the Brewers are going with their two lefties at Miller Park so that they can try to keep the ball on the ground, keep it in the park. Um, Because that's basically Wade Miley's specialty, and and Gio Gonzalez has done a great job of that as well. So keeping that ball in the ballpark, giving them a chance to win those games at home, which is what the Brewers are going to need to do if they're going to actually win this series. And what have you really kind of seen from that... that, um, Platoon splits against against the lefty pitchers with with Taylor and, and Kemp and and Freeze.
1: Actually, David. Oh. If- if, if, if I can chime in quickly here. Sure. Uh, against right-handed batters, the Dodgers are the best team in the league with a team OPS of almost 800. Mm. Uh, against left-handed batters, eighth in the NL with a 7.33 OPS. So, so they're a bit more – they're still good offense, but they're a bit more human when you've got a lefty on the mountain. I think that's the logic that Craig Council was, was going for. Yeah, Jacob, and, and
2: from thoughts? my from my perspective, the Dodgers have actually been pretty solid against left-handed pitching, and I've, those statistics that uh, you just mentioned, Matthew, have been those are those tell the story. But what doesn't tell the story is David Freese's addition, and it's a lot bigger than than people think. I think that David Freese makes it, is a difference maker against left-handed pitching. I think that the Dodgers' best shot, though, at winning one of the first two games is actually in Game One, a Clayton Kershaw on the mound, but Take, take that away for a second. And Gio Gonzalez hasn't exactly been the best pitcher against right-handed batters. He's gotten pretty knocked up against, against righties. So I think that that could pose a problem. I still do give it to the Brewers just purely because it's the first game of the series. The Dodgers are on the road. And the, the Dodgers actually struggle a lot in game ones on the road. And that was during the regular season. We saw it again in Atlanta. Um so, is there a chance the Dodgers win this one just purely based off of the splits and who's going to go for the Dodgers in terms of offense versus who's pitching? Yes. Is Gio Gonzalez one of the hottest pitchers in baseball over his last five starts? Absolutely. So it, there's there's a lot to unpack in terms of that game one.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, there was a Nationals um, fan page or whatever that was replying to my thing on liking Gio Gonzalez to pitch in game one earlier. And he was saying, it's like, oh, yeah, look at uh, Gio Gonzalez's postseason uh, record. It, it's not that good. And it really wasn't. I mean, he's had a couple of really tough starts, and I believe in all four of his postseason starts uh, he took the loss. But uh, I had the fun time of reminding him that now that this is the NLCS and that, and that he's advanced there, maybe things oh, will change. No. He I did would- not like that at all.
2: I wouldn't like it either. That was, yeah, that's mean.
0: But, <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe just don't get knocked out in the NLDS every single year. You know?
2: Yeah, that's pretty nice. I mean, it. That's a uh, good move.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's – oh, well. But whatever. I mean, it's, it's Gio Gonzalez, and he's, he's pitched well since joining the Brewers. So, I mean, there's a lot of confidence from Brewers fans. He didn't get into the NLDS at all. Um, and apparently, Yulis Chassin will be available out of the bullpen for game one. That's odd. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's going to be coming out. It's not a for sure thing, but mm-hmm. I think if there's a chance to win or maybe Gio Gonzalez is only able to go three, maybe four innings instead of taxing the bullpen again, maybe just bring in Chassine to go three or four and just kind of get it to some of those bridge guys to to finish out the game. So that, right. that's where that might come into play.
1: Extra innings, maybe? I, 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 that's a head-scratcher to me. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know. But, I mean, with, with how much work Hayter and Knable and Jeffress and Soria and Burns all got in the NLDS, maybe he's trying to change things up. And and, and it's maybe more of like a focus on the win now, worry about the next game later. You know, because mm-hmm. you, you have that game in front of you at, at game one. If you have a chance to win you got to take it. You you focus on finding someone else for Game 3 when that day comes. But with, with that, Game that 1... That seems
2: like a strategy for failure for me, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I, I totally understand the whole win now and figure out the rest afterwards. But against a team that A is so experienced and B so hot right now, I think that that's risky. I, I'm saving Uly Shasin for when I really need him. Because <laughs> in, from, from the outside looking in, and again, I could be wrong, and correct me if I am, Uly Shafzine has been the hero. Yuli Seen has been the, the unsung yeah. hero that the Brewers really needed for the season and for the postseason. So burning him like that for a guy that's not really used to being burnt, that seems like a tough play.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's the unsung hero or more the unexpected hero because he's kind of been more of a mid back end starter for pretty much his entire career, but right. And now he's kind of become that that ace. But again, he's not, like it's not a for sure thing that he is coming in. It's just that he would be available. So, I mean, they could just not need him at all, and they'll just save him for, for game three. But, I mean, Chris Sale came in the eighth inning um, for game four for the Red Sox, and that worked out. So,
2: Yeah, I, I honestly don't mind that move as much as it would bother me if you lose. Shasin was thrown into a game one. Mm. First of all, because game, game one is obviously it's the tone center. That's a huge deal if you win or lose game one. But in the long run, I don't see a game one between two really good teams being that big of a difference maker that you need to burn a guy like Uli Shasin. Chris Sale pitched one inning. Chris, Chris Sale is also a million times better than Uli Shasin is. Oh, yeah. I mean, Guaranteed.
0: So, Agreed. No argument up, from anybody. Yeah,
2: and, and that really does it for me, honestly. That That's all the argument I feel like this needs is, is Chris Sale can go out there and do that kind of thing and come back three days later if he needed to'd be just as good over seven innings I don't think Shasin can do that
0: yeah fair enough all right so the Dodgers I mean you you know I mean we know a lot about the Dodgers having that the strong offense a strong rotation um and Matthew kind of tried to touch on it a little bit this week uh what what do you think are the Dodgers you know weaknesses that could potentially be exploited in this seven game series by the Brewers?
2: First and foremost, it's that bullpen. I think that if you can get into the bullpen early enough and get to the guys that aren't Dylan Floro, Caleb Ferguson, Scott Alexander, uh, that gives you a good chance at winning that game. I think that Kenley Jansen is a weakness. Hmm. Let, let, let 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 me clarify it this way. Bullpen is one weakness. That's weakness number one. Weakness number 1B is Kenley Jansen. The inconsistency there and the... Lack of confidence is unnerving, to say the least. He looked incredible in the NLDS. I also don't think that the Braves were a good enough team to expose a weakness. That's so, true. Wow. So I, shots I fired. Worry? You know yeah. what? There's been enough shots fired. I can take the heat. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the whole thing for me would be if Jansen comes into a situation against Yelich, against Kane. Uh, Aguilar, who's a, who's a home run machine And Jansen has struggled mightily Against home runs this year That worries me, I'm not going to call it a weakness But I'm going to call it a
1: concern Fair enough
0: yeah. So As long as they can get into that Bullpen, really, the, the Brewers should be fine But And the Brewers are kind of built To, to get out to a lead and, and hold it Like their offense will jump out On whatever starter They get a two or three run lead get it to the bullpen, and then it just shuts everything down from there right. for for the opposing offense. But facing off against Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller, that might be tough to do, to, to jump out to an early lead. So are, are there really – is there a way basically to to get to those guys? Like do, do, does Kershaw or Bueller or Ryu or Hill have anything where it's like they – have a tendency to maybe give up runs early like first or second inning before they settle in and that's just kind of how anyone really scores against them.
2: Well, Rich Hill is kind of the reverse of what you just said. He settles in off the like right off the bat. He'll come out and come out hot. And after 50 pitches, it's a completely different Rich Hill. And then then you got to be really careful. Um he obviously has starts where that's not the case, but the statistics point to after 50 pitches, Rich Hill gets into some trouble. Um, Kershaw is the kind of guy, obviously, I mean, this doesn't really need any explanation other than if you can get past three innings with Clayton Kershaw, you can basically kiss the rest of your night goodbye because he's, he's locked in. Uh, and then Bueller is so young that I don't it's, – it's, if they can get to Bueller early, it's hard for him to settle back. Obviously, he did it against the Braves in the game that he ended up being the, the loser of record. But I don't think that the loss next to his name really tells the story of what happened. There was an error by Bellinger, a bad call in that inning, and then a grand slam. I I don't think Be- uh, Bueller, excuse me, had that bad of a start against the Braves as people think he did because of the five earned runs that are next to his name. So get to Bueller early, and Bueller can't last that long. Don't let Kershaw get settled in, and then with Rich Hill, it's just about being patient. So. But really my question is what, what are the Brewer's weaknesses? What what do the Dodgers need to look for in your guys' eyes if they want to win these first few games and get out to an early
0: lead? Um I would say that I think you gotta get to get to the starting rotation and get counsel off of his pitching plan. Cause I mean he'll probably have it mapped out, have have the starter go for this many outs, and then have Corbin Burns go this many can able this many, Soria this like, and just kind of work his way down. If you can get to one of those guys a bit earlier and force him off his plan, like like if you get to a Chasine or a Miley or a Gio Gonzalez early and he has to pull him and go to go to his bullpen earlier than he wants to, I think that's where you could see, you know, maybe some of the lesser guys in the Brewers' rotation. Like if if Dan Jennings makes it or Taylor Williams or Jacob Barnes. We don't even we don't know what the complete roster will be yet, but getting to those guys would probably give the Dodgers a better chance if they can just get to those starters early. And I think another key is maybe just completely avoiding Christian Yelich because yeah. the way that dude's been swinging. If you just walk him and just try to get something going with with Braun or Aguilar. Because I mean, Aguilar's had some issues at the plate late lately with striking out a bunch. Um, Braun's Braun's been playing well, but he does he doesn't have the same kind of power thing I think this year. And and Matthew, I think you might have noticed that as well. But I think if you can just get past Yellich and just not let him hurt you, then the Dodgers ha- have a better chance.
2: And you bring up a great point there because Christian Yelich absolutely owns Clayton Kershaw. In his career and this season, uh, over, over his career, Christian Yelich is nine for seventeen with a one point four nine seven OPS and two home runs, both of which he hit this season. So, Clayton Kershaw has something to look at there and just say, like, do I take the do I take the moral victory here and try and go at him and be competitive, or do I give him the base for free because I want no part of this bat? If I'm Clayton Kershaw, I'm, I'm picking the latter of those two.
0: Yeah, but I mean Clayton Kershaw, I feel like he's got such a competitive nature. Like he's not just gonna be like, nah, let me let me move on and not face, you know, the best guy in in the league right now. I feel like he'd want to challenge him. And
2: And that's certainly a factor for sure. I think that there's also something to be said for maybe not we're not gonna intentionally walk him, but what if we just throw around the strike zone here? If he chases, he chases. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But why throw pitches to a guy that A is the best and hottest hitter in baseball this year and b to a guy that just quite frankly has your number
0: yeah and i mean that's basically the strategy the rockies employed. like after Yelich hit that home run in game one they walked him six times uh, in the yeah. final two and a half games so they just kind of pitched around the zone just hoping he'd chase and and he's content to take his walks and i think also with, with yelich he, dom- he actually dominates against left-handed pitching in general. Like he, he hits better against lefties than he does righties. And the Dodgers have three lefties in their starting rotation with, with Kershaw, Hill, and Ryu. So I think that also might give Yelich a, a bit of a leg up w- if they decide to pitch to him.
2: The only guy in the Dodgers rotation that I think should scare Christian Yelich is Ryu. And it's not because of head-to-head how they've done against each other. It's more just because... Hinjin Ryu is our hottest pitcher this season. He's been unbelievable, and he proved it again in the postseason and should hopefully prove it again in, in, on Saturday. What scares me about Ryu is that they're giving him the start on the road. Ryu's, Ryu's fantastic numbers have come from home starts. They haven't come from the road starts. And he's facing Wade Miley, who's given up one earned run in 13 innings against the Dodgers. So there's in the first two games of this series, there is a lot to be concerned about for the Dodgers, and I think that Game Two is a is a pitching duel where we don't see more than five combined runs.
0: Huh. Interesting, because I'm going to be at Game Two, and that's really going to be a, a fun one to watch. And you know, hopefully, kind of Ryu, at least hopefully from my end, continue Ryu continues to have those struggles on the road. So it's really going to be it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, I think this entire series with with the pitchers and the, and the bullpens. And these lineups—I mean, it's really going to be a, a fun series to watch.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm what, excited. What,
2: yeah, I, I think we all are. Should be excited. What? What's the deal with Josh Hader? Is this guy ever going to burn out? Because no, never. No. no, historically unbelievable. Look, I, something I want to make clear is I am a statistics junkie. I love the weird, cool stats and stuff like that. And yeah. It Stops at no. It stops at no team for me. There's no team. That I'll look at even the Giants if there's a Giants guy that has a a cool stat I'm all for it Josh Hader became the first pitcher this year to pitch 85 I believe it's 85 or less innings and strike out 140 or more batters in the same season this is an unheard of season by by this guy are we going to see an end to the madness just purely because this arm has to get tired eventually or are we really
1: looking at superhuman Josh Hader here superhuman Josh Hader is the answer yeah
0: and I think (laughs) I think the reason why is because and it's been the cause of uh ire for a lot of Brewers fans like throughout the year the Brewers were extremely cautious with Hader they didn't want to overextend him even in like regular season games like hey we should have him pitch here so that we can maybe come back and and win this game or, or just to win it and it's like no he needs rest but between these days and and they were kind of saving him up, like they didn't want him to. Like they could have thrown him for a hundred plus innings, but they chose to to hold him back, and that way they would keep him fresh for the right. postseason. So you may not see him, you know, for as many two inning outings as as you might normally. But you can you could see him go one one inning and maybe here and there, and have less days of rest in between and maybe on the ones with getaway days afterwards, that you could see him go two innings if the Brewers have a lead. Right. But I, I think that's where Josh Hader is really going to keep that superhuman talent in play during the series.
2: And Josh Hader, talking about Josh Hader, brings up my, my next question, and that would be, your bullpen is unreal. I yep. mean, just the, the names that are in there are, Scary and strike fear in the fan in the eyes of any Dodger fan, but something and to give to give the Dodger fans a little bit of hope. But really, just to hear your answer here is: is there any fear at all that the Brewers bullpen and especially the guys that are in it? And that's really where my question is going. Are you guys worried about them specifically against the Dodgers? Because the Dodgers have owned Corey Knebel. Does Monty Grandal tees off against him? And also, Jeremy Jeffress has looked shaky against the Dodgers. So what what's the, the thought there? I mean, unreal for sure, but is there any fear at all going into it specifically against Los Angeles?
0: For Knable, for me, um, I have no fear with Knable because the, the Corey Knable that you're seeing right now is a whole lot different than the Corey Knable that the Dodgers saw earlier in the season. Ever since he got demoted yeah. to AAA and came back, he has been lights out. He has been the all-star closer that he was last year. Like there has been nothing off of Knable since September began, so I have no worries there. Jeffress did look a little shaky uh, during that Rockers Rocky series, but I, I still think he'll be fine. I still have faith in him. I, I still believe he's gonna he's gonna pitch well.
1: Right. There's also there's also a bit of an injury concern with Jeremy uh, Jeremy Jeffress. It was. Um, yeah it came out that he's, he's dealing with neck spasms. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's still, you know, you keep in mind, this is about a month ago, so that's that's still the case. You know, we're not really sure. Um, we know he, he wasn't available for, I, I believe it was the
0: game, game 163. 163. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, again, there's there's a bit of uncertainty around around his availability. Okay. Um, but once he's on the mound, I don't, yeah, as, as long as he makes it under the mound, I don't, I don't, Really have a whole lot of cause for concern with him at this point.
2: Understood.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's. I think. I think I saw a tweet earlier from uh, Bruce Beat writer Adam McCalvey. He was saying. I think he was dealing with. He was dealing with uh, epilepsy. Um, is is this what ailment what? that? Yeah, he's had this issue for um, a couple years now. He was diagnosed a couple years ago. He's handled it well, but he had like an issue with it. I th- I think the other day that kept him out for a couple games. Um, but apparent. But he's all good to go for the playoffs. All good to go for this next series. So, it, I mean, as long as he's got that under control, I think I think Jeffers will be fine.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, that's that's really going to be as long as they have him. I mean, they got a three headed monster in that bullpen with Knebel, Hader, and Jeffers. All right. And so you
1: toss, in, toss in Corbin Burns. Toss yeah. in. You know, Joaquim Soria, you know Xavier Cedeno. It's it, it it it's one of my favorite. It's one of the favorite bullpen, I've ever seen. It, it's 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 just like a line of of guys that I have like complete faith in.
2: Yeah, and and it's not that I don't. It's again, and I want to make myself clear for everybody that listens to this. I I'm not saying the the Brewers bullpen is bad. That's no. or inconsistent. no, no. yeah. Or any knock on them. What, what I am saying is that there is a history between. Specifically, the Dodgers and specifically the guys in this bullpen. K- uh, Knable, especially, because Knabel's, the struggle with Knable and the Dodgers doesn't actually date back to this season only. That went back to last year, too, where Yasmani Grandal, especially, has looked phenomenal against Knable. So there are numbers to prove that, the, that they haven't been bad, but the Brewers have struggled more against the Dodgers in terms of bullpen versus lineup than I think they have any other team over the last two seasons. So that for sure is something to keep an eye on throughout this series.
0: Yeah, fair it's yeah, that's fair.
1: I don't, I don't with 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 batter versus pitcher sample sizes, especially batter versus reliever sample sizes being so small. Oh,
0: it's
1: I, I'm not. I, I can't. You know. I I you know there may be something to it. Maybe 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 not. Hard to say honestly. I, I'm not
0: gonna.
1: I, I I'm just gonna say that when when Corey Kniebel and Jeremy Jefferson are on the mound, I've, I've got complete faith that they're, they're going to be able to make it through the inning unscathed.
2: Yeah. And, and when I was watching the, the Cubs versus Brewers and I was watching the Rockies versus Brewers, when that bullpen came in, came over. I could have turned off the TV and told you the final score. Yeah, pretty so much. There is more to, in my opinion, there's more to be afraid of if you're a Dodger when the bullpen comes in than there is to be a Brewer when the Dodgers come up to bat. Accurate.
0: Yeah. All right, so now it's it's time for our mailbag segment, and we got a couple questions that came in here. Uh, one is from Lawrence, said uh, Rudner recently wrote an article about the Dodgers numbers. Not sure if you saw it, but it was really good. Hey, got a nice compliment there.
1: Wow! Wow! Compliments for Jacob. Yeah.
0: Says, can you ask you, him what his thoughts are on the- Yeah, can you ask him what his thoughts are on the on the Brewers numbers because his Dodgers thoughts are pretty clear.
2: My thoughts on the Brewers' numbers. Um, I think that the Brewers are scary. I think if we're going to narrow that that statement down, I think Christian Yelich is scary. I think Lorenzo Kane is scary, and I think that the bullpen is scary. Um, the rotation, it just again, this is purely based off numbers, not recent trends or default awesome. factor. Just based off numbers, I think that the Dodgers' best bet to win this series is to get to the rotation and not save it for the later innings. If you wait too long, the game is over. I think that there's a five-inning window for the Dodgers to win these games, and after that, there's it all comes down to luck. So based off the numbers, I think that the Brewers are a very dominant team with a weakness in the first five innings, and if you can shut them down offensively for the first three, you have a good shot at keeping it that way for the rest of the other six.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Great answer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I I don't disagree with you there. Um, Can't can argue. <laughs> yeah, all right, so we got one from Marcel. This is kind of a an interesting question. Uh, what's okay. the over under on Puig making at least three incredibly stupid mistakes that lead to outs in this series? <laughs> also, has anyone ever called him Piggy Puig to his face? Sorry, I'm bored.
2: Okay, odd question. Yeah, um, but
0: I mean, did, does Puig make a lot of mistakes on the bases? The, is that's he kind of erratic? That,
2: that's like a, this is like a 2016 take. Um, no. <laughs> not wow. really. This guy... Well, we're, we're talking about a Puig here who, by the way, just... There's a reputation, and that's one thing. Oh, yeah. But if we talk about what's actually happening on the field right now with Yasiel Puig, you're looking at a guy who's been really good for this entire season, both defensively, which he's been good since he debuted into the league, and offensively, where the mistakes and the immaturity on the base paths has been limited far beyond what that question would, would suggest. So, my answer would be, pay attention to 2018 baseball.
0: Alright. I mean, the <laughs> um, dude was bored, apparently, so, yeah.
2: And, and if that is the case, then I apologize for lashing back out. <laughs>
0: It's funny. We're all friends here. I mean, Twitter's a very friendly place, you know.
2: I yeah, know. No, see, that's the other thing is, I feel like this series is such a friendly NLCS. This is going to be such a nice time for both teams because there's no hatred here. No. Yeah, yeah. Not, no. Except for David give it, give it Freeze. It
0: for Except yeah, for well, David Freeze. Right. I we hate that guy for forever.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like everybody hates playoff David Freeze because he's owned you at some point. Like if you have been to the playoffs in the last 6 years and you've played the Cardinals in any of them, then you hate David Freese because he's done something. He's made a defensive play, he's hit a home run. I don't know, what else has he done? He's he's probably hurt some, I don't know. He's existed. He's, he's
0: That's the issue.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I mean outside of that, I mean no like ill will like between really, I know I'm like the it's just both fan bases like both teams just hey, like we're here and let let's just I mean it's going to be a fun series. You got two really good teams. Yeah. And, I mean, there's no reason outside of David Freeze to hate each other.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. Um, last question here from, from Julian. Wants to know, what team in the NL has the best chance at, at beating either the Sox or the Stros.
2: Good question. That's fair. Uh, you guys can answer that one first. I'll go second.
0: <laughs> um, well, the Homer part of me says Brewers because... <laughs> That's just that's just how I roll. No, but um,
2: roll the homer out. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I, I think the Brewers really stand a good chance. I mean, even though they don't have have the rotation, I mean, it's just I mean they're here at the right time. That they're playing extremely well. Their bullpen ha- has been lights out, and it it's a better bullpen than the Astros. It's a better bullpen than the Red Sox. I think right. the Brewers have the best bullpen remaining in the playoffs, and. When you have and it basically comes down to a bullpen game in the World Series. And they may not have a Justin Verlander or a Chris Sale or a Garrett Cole or even a Clayton Kershaw. They they don't have one of those guys, but the bullpen has just done so much that they can I think they could beat anybody. And it's just a matter of shutting down those ridiculous offenses of the Red Sox and the Astros, which Uh I mean, the Brewers are able to shut down a pretty good offense in the Rockies. And if they can shut down a pretty good offense in the Dodgers as well, I think they can shut down a Red Sox or an Astros lineup.
2: I agree. Uh, My my take would be it's it's very dependent on who's playing. If the Red Sox make the World Series, I think the Brewers have the best chance because the only way in baseball to fight fire is with fire. So you you got the only... I don't think if the Dodgers if it's Dodgers Red Sox the Red Sox win in, in four or five um, oh. I I don't see the Dodgers as a team capable of beating the Red Sox and that's honestly nothing against the Dodgers it's more just in favor of how amazing the uh, the Red Sox have been this season that's all that is um, but I think that to shut down an offense like that you've got to have a bullpen like the Brewers so if it's Red Sox Brewers I give it to the Brewers if it's Astros I believe the Dodgers have the better chance, purely because there's no better motivator than revenge, and I think that that goes a lo- emotion goes a long way in baseball. And if it's the Astros, I go Dodgers. If it's the Red Sox, I go Brewers. Okay, I know that doesn't um,
1: answer your question at all, but there you go. <laughs> no, no, I, actually, no, it's it's a it's a great answer. Um, I honestly, I kind of feel like. Both the Dodgers and the Brewers could probably beat the Red Sox, but I I kind of feel like the Astros are probably the team to beat. So, I guess that's my that's my version of a non-answer. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So if so, it is the Astros,
1: if 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 it's the Astros, the Astros are going to win it. I that that team is just you know from top to bottom inside and out they're just so stacked that
2: I'm the exact opposite I think I think if, the, if it's the Astros and the Dodgers Dodgers win if it's Astros Brewers Astros win if it's Red Sox Dodgers it's Red Sox if it's Red Sox Brewers it's Brewers and if you followed that then you get a prize too I
1: <laughs> know I followed it fair enough no no, no. It, yeah it made, it made total sense to me yeah but I I I'm I, I'm I I, I don't the, the Red Sox just don't scare me. They, they, I, you know, Chris Chris Sale's intimidating at the top of that rotation, but after that, I think it's questionable quickly.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's
2: the pitching that scares me. There, it's the the batting. That batting is is unreal. Oh and yeah, that's, that's my biggest fear.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when you get a dominant pitching staff together, I mean that that could shut down one of those offenses. And I think the the Brewers' offense or even the Dodgers' offense. I mean, outside of Chris, I mean. David Price is not good in the postseason. And you could get to David Price, Nathan Iavaldi. I mean, I don't think he's really that great. I mean, he's put up some good numbers this year, but I still don't think Ivaldi's that great. Um, and that bullpen, outside of no. Kimbrell, they don't really have any dominant arms in in that bullpen. Agree so, completely. Yeah. So that's think... what I think makes them vulnerable.
2: Right. But, you know, for me, there's. In any other case, if it's a a rotation like that, and if it's a bullpen like that, I agree with you completely that it's not a scary team. When you have an offense like the Boston Red Sox have that is from top to bottom, filthy. They will beat you, batters one through nine. Mm. Then I I thoroughly believe that you don't need incredible pitching. You can throw out a... I don't. I don't know. Name name a back You can throw out a Padres pitching staff, and with that lineup, Tyson Ross, I, I, you're a playoff team.
0: They're gonna throw out Tyson Ross. And they're gonna win it.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. So you you put Clayton Richard out there, and oh, man. you have a slot at winning.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if the Brewers pitching staff or, or the Bears, if you can shut down that that offense somehow, yeah. And I mean, I think both staffs have have kind of proven capable of that through this season. That they can just shut down a really good offense, then, I mean that that whole that whole thing goes away, and just comes down to your own offense against their pitching. Right. And as long as you can get Christian Yelich and, and Jesus Aguilar and Ryan Braun and, and Mike Moustakis going, or or the Dodgers lineup, you can get them going. They can defeat the Red Sox, and the Red Sox, they haven't had any tough points throughout the season. Like when the, right. when the, like last year when the Dodgers were on their like incredible stretch through the middle of the summer and it's like they could win 120 games, kind of around September uh, the Dodgers went on like a, I think they went on like a 10 game losing streak. Like they had a real yeah. tough time, yeah. but it made them better for the playoffs, I think, because it got them, it got that bad stretch out of the way and they ended up getting hot towards the end. The Red Sox never really had that bad stretch, and I think eventually they're going to run into it.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, it's one of those things. Baseball works in peaks and troughs. You have your high moments and you have your lows, and it's just about how you can time those out. The Dodgers got cold at the right time because it also meant that they got hot at the right time, if that makes sense, last year. Um, What's weird, though, is the Red Sox haven't had a trough. It's been just a a peak of a season, Mm -hmm. and that is the scariest thing, in my opinion, uh, I, I the, we've seen the Astros struggle. They they even lost their divisional lead to the, to the A's for uh, five seconds. Mm. The, the Brewers have certainly had their moments this year. The Dodgers have certainly had their moments this year. So there there is an argument to be made. Are the is the Red Sox peak starting to come back down to that trough? So I don't know. There, there's a lot to be discussed with the Red Sox.
0: All How right. Else? Yep. All right. So that is. That is going to be it for this week's edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'd like to thank Matthew and Jacob for joining us on this week's show. I mean, it was really it was great having it was great having you, Jacob, and we appreciate your your insight on the Dodgers. And I think this is going to be a, a really fun series.
2: Absolutely, I think that this is going to be a great series, and uh, this will definitely be a great listen, regardless of how good or bad the series is. So, thank you guys for having me, and uh, really great time talking. To-
1: yeah, Jacob, we had yeah, a great time talking to you. Um, I, I hope the Dodgers, you know, lose the series, but <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> fair enough. I, I, I mean, he, he hopes the Brewers lose I, I, the series, I but I I, I hope you're, I hope you're willing to come back on again because we we had a good time with you. Thank you very much. Absolutely, I'd love to be back, and I appreciate being on this time. No problem, man. All
0: right. Well, be sure to tune in for next week's edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast, as we will get some more clarity on the NLCS. And we'll see who could be moving on to the World Series. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Reviewing the Brew podcast.